Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Before we bring today's guest on, I need to share with you why I tracked this man down. Today's episode is personal for me. About seven months ago, I had my world changed for the better and worse in just 14 days. I won't go into any specifics, but my world was shaken to the core. Here's the thing. We all get knocked down from time to time in every aspect of life, no matter how successful you may be, mentally, spiritually, financially, or even physically. If you don't pay attention and being present and continuously putting in the work each and every day, at some point, everything is going to go south on you. And you're going to say, this is it. This is how it all ends. You can lose your family. You can lose your job. You can lose your home. You can lose your car. But during those down moments, that's where growth takes place. Embrace it. Recycle your pain. Get something from it. Use it to do something with it. Allow it to take you to the next level. Whenever anything negative happens to you, please have the faith that there is a profound lesson concealed within it. So for today's guest, I couldn't have picked a better person to pick the brain to raise your vibration for radical transformation. We have an opportunity to speak with the one and only David Meltzer. Back in the late 90s, there was a movie that came out called Jerry Maguire that smashed the box office. You know the one. Show me the money. Where they got the inspiration for that movie was a legendary Lee Steinberg sports agency. And David is the former CEO. He was also a CEO of the world's first smartphone. You can thank him later for that one. Still not ringing a bell? Perhaps you may have heard of Sports One, arguably the most notable sports marketing firm in the world. He co-founded that business with NFL legend, Hall of Famer, Warren Moon. David has written two number one best-selling books on the subject of success connected to goodness and compassionate capitalism, a journey to the soul of business. He also shares his principles on his world-famous podcast, The Playbook. And if that's not enough for him sharing everything that he's ever learned about business or in life, he gets a free training every single Friday that he's done for over 20 years. There will be a link in the description box somewhere. So I encourage every single last one of you to sign up for that free training each and every week on Friday. Without any more delay, I'm going to pass this over to our co-host, Wes Bays, to introduce the Forrest Gump of business. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. everyone we are honored and blessed to have mr david Meltzer here with us david welcome i am so excited to be here with you both and appreciative of the time to share hopefully a little bit of inspiration with people on how to make some money help some people and have some fun all right i'm really excited i've been looking forward to the show for a multitude of reasons 
Um, I'll be, you know, obviously sharing a little bit more in depth on before we turn hit record for this meeting, but I know that you can definitely serve the audience and you're open book to share. I mean, I don't even know where to really begin the mind of Dave because you're all, you know, open book. And I love that about you. Your trainings on Fridays have been doing for 20 years. You have the big sign behind you, money doesn't buy happiness. That's a, it's a huge message right there to even kick that off. But for the most part, for the listeners that have been maybe underneath a rock and don't know your name and knowing what you're about, for the most part, like how would you describe yourself to a brand new person that doesn't even know David? You know, for me, I'd like to start by saying I'm a kind person, hmm. uh, one that has uh, two main relationships, one, and they're both currencies. Uh, the first, a kind person who has a relationship with money, currency that we utilize to get things that we want, and faith. Uh, and I am in the enjoyment, the kind enjoyment of the persistent, without quit, consistent, everyday pursuit of my own potential. Right. And, you know, that's who I am, who I've evolved to be. And both of those relationships are critical in the blend to me of my ultimate goal of empowering over a billion people to be happy. Well, I mean, it kind of it just oozes out of you you know, that type of positivity, to be honest with you. And maybe just the vibration that you put out and obviously you're just trying to serve. I read somewhere, maybe I saw in some of your content that when you wake up in the morning, you ask God to hit me, I want to help 10 people. Like I want to serve. Minimum, minimum. I'm going to take away a quick lesson. The universe doesn't like exact numbers because exact numbers are man-made constructs. So we limit ourselves. You tell me you want to make a million dollars in a year. I'm like, dude, you want to make over a million dollars. Don't limit yourself. I've even had Diane Cannon, who I share my Lakers seats with. uh, I told her I'm going to live to 111 at 111. I was born (laughs) on 11 at 111 p.m. And she said, oh my gosh, don't do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's an extraordinary life. Not many people die on their birthday at the exact time they were born at 111 right. years old. And she said, literally almost with tears in her eyes, don't limit yourself. That, that's wow. terrible. I don't want you to limit yourself. Come on, let's manifest more than enough and live mm-hmm. in the world of abundance. So yes, I am going to empower over a billion people to be happy. And uh, we're not going to limit ourselves by any such numbers. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's amazing. Think about that overall. I mean, you're putting in things out in the universe and you're trying to manifest that and turn to reality. A lot of people, my grandfather, my father actually used to say this when I was young and I've learned it from, it's like, when I go to sleep, I give the world a chance to catch up. I'm yeah. going to kill it every day. What do you do today? When? What are you doing tomorrow? When? What are you doing the next day? When? It's just that winning mentality. Can you just like sprinkle some of your knowledge on just that type of mentality and what it takes to just overcome adversity at all costs? Yeah. Well, first you got to understand pain right? People yeah. identify pain. So for me, I have a different perspective of pain. Pain is an indicator. It's a turn signal. So mm-hmm. when I have pain, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, or financial pain in my life, all it is is an indicator that I have a lesson to learn to move in a better, bigger, brighter place, situation, person. And so when I experience pain, instead of giving it all types of ego-based emotion, corrosion, interference to the source, power, light, love, and lessons I'm connected to, I just say, man, there must be an indicator that something's wrong with my arm. I feel pain. Oh, there must be an indicator because I just lost a hundred grand. I got a lesson to learn. And I start onto a heavy duty, ferocious Buddha search, being more interested (laughs) in interesting to find out what that lesson is. And the easiest way to find that lesson is through radical humility. Number one, forgiving myself, but two, finding the people that have the knowledge to tell me the lesson, right? Mm -hmm. I I have quit trying to do things myself. 
I use most of my energy to find number one, what I want and then who got what I want and then ask who got what I want, if I can either have it or if they can right. teach me how to get it fast. That's right. a winning attitude. Well said. I mean, you just got to model success. I like to say that, you know, sometimes just finding the ones that are best in the game and modeling some of the habits and the things that they, how they go about their day to accomplish their goals, accomplish their tasks. Then you start getting knowing like, listen, maybe I can outstretch my own limitations and I, I'm doing things the wrong way. I can do it better than they can. That's the way I look at a lot of, because we are in a world right now in a digital age, but we have a stone age brain. And a lot of people don't, they don't have enough courage to understand like, listen, I'm, I suck at this. Own it. Own you suck at something and reaching out for help. That's hard for people because like that egotistical side, man, once you let go of your ego, I mean, I'm prime example of them. Your success even proves that you overcome so much. And I think that's some, one of the major things, reasons why I wanted you to have you on the show is for the listeners that may not know this, that you've reach a huge level of success. Like I read somewhere that the Forrest Gump of business, there's a lot, a lot of different things that you've done. And I think that's amazing. Graduate Tulane law degree, yeah. nine months later became a millionaire, making massive amount of money you've ever made before, bought your mom in your house and all these things and then lost it all. That's a hard thing to kind of like take in. People hit a certain level of success and they don't want to lose that identity. Yeah. How hard was that for you? So the interesting thing, the hardest part was two years before I lost everything because I was woke at that time by what I had already lost in character and values. Uh, so, you know, my journey about making money was a simple one that I wanted to make a ton of money to buy my mama house and a car. And I moved once I was able to do that from the world of not enough where I was a victim, always looking what other people had, there was never enough. Then I moved to the world of just enough where I was a multimillionaire running the fields for smartphones, Silicon Valley, raising hundreds of millions of dollars but learning a lesson about that world of just enough that no matter what I did or how much I was going to get, it wasn't going to be enough. It was just enough mm -hmm. for me. I was buying things I didn't need all the time, impressing people I didn't even like. Right. And right. fortunately for me, 2006, when I was running Lee Steinberg sports entertainment, the most notable sports agency in the world, most people know Lee from the movie, Jerry Maguire. If you're a little bit early, mm -hmm. you might remember Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger and Cuba Gooding Jr. in that great movie. Well, I was living in the world of, you know, just enough. And my wife surprised me one day coming home 530 in the morning, intoxicated, high, working with little John the rapper at the Grammy Awards, lying to her. And she woke me up and said, hey, I'm not happy. Wow. And my initial reaction, man, was, I was pissed. I was like mm. completely lost. And, you know, I was blessed because uh, I had, uh, if we have time, three quick lessons that I learned. I know you shared with me some of the lessons that you learned with your sister not being well. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, there's three things uh, that helped me learn uh, that money doesn't buy happiness, that I didn't have to live in a world of not enough or just enough. I could live in an abundant world of more than enough. I mm -hmm. could focus in on not giving to receive, but focus in on receiving as much as I can so I could give wow. it away to other people. It's a completely different paradigm shift that exists. Mm -hmm. And so real quickly, you know, number one warning happened when I was 30 years old. My dad gave me the first birthday present in 20 years. Uh, he had forgot my birthday when I was 10. He lied to me and said he didn't believe in birthdays, even though he's celebrating everybody's birthday. And I hated him for 20 years. He gives me this jacket for my birthday, a sport coat. I open it up. I'm so excited and happy that I'm finally going to reestablish a relationship with one of the most relative people in my life. And he tore out all the lining, all the pockets. I called him pissed. At 30, I'm like, what? why are you punishing me? 
Right. He said, because I'm not punishing you. He said, I, I can't wear this jacket. He said, it's not for wearing. I said, what's it for? He said, I wanted to remind you of me. I wanted to remind you, you can't buy happiness. I wanted mm -hmm. to remind you that you cannot take anything when you're gone. I don't want you to be the richest man in the cemetery. I made that mistake. I don't want you to make those mistakes. Wow. I'm sorry, son. Hang it in the closet. Let it remind you every day why you're here. I wasn't ready at 30, man. I was mm -hmm. in ego-based consciousness. I told him to F off. Yeah. I'm nothing like you. You're a liar, a cheater, manipulator, overseller, back-end seller. Right. I want nothing to do with you. Second lesson. That was a warning. Second lesson, I'm running Lee Steinberg, playing golf with my best friend, Rob, fourth grade friend. Asked my wife, actually, believe it or not, he, at sixth grade camp, as a favor to me, he asked my wife to go steady. She embarrassed me in front of everyone. She's like, no, tell him to ask me himself. <laughs> and then he yells out in front of everyone, dude, she said no. And I threw an egg at my wife in the sixth grade and she hated me for years. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, a, that's so funny. I, I, I take my boy golfing and I'm like, hey, let's go to the Masters. We can go with all these great guys, you know, Curtis Strange in the cabins. Mm -hmm. Warren Moon and Shannon Sharp goes with us. Chris Carter, we even get to see Tiger Woods. And he's like, dude, I don't want to hang out with you or your friends. I was like, what are you talking about, Rob? He's like, oh, I don't like what you're doing and your friends are doing. I don't want to hang out with you guys. And I was like, come on, Rob, I'm not doing what those guys are doing. He said, Dave, you can lie to me, but right. don't lie to yourself. I was crushed, crushed. Because, you know, there's a book uh, that's out there um, don't take yes for an answer. I've mm. been taking yes for an answer for over a decade. Everybody wanted a trade or negotiate or something from me, down payments for houses, cars, you know, houses for their mom, whatever it was. I was always there. I was a pleaser. I wanted everyone to love me and I was paying for my love and paying for my happiness. And he was the first one, you know, to tell me the truth that I was an asshole, right? That I was living my life the wrong way. Those are the best ones to have in your life. Those are the best people to have in your life. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So then my best friend changed my life, my wife. I came home 5.30 in the morning, like I said, with little John. Told me she wasn't happy. I got pissed at her. I went to bed. I told her, how dare you? I, I literally remember saying, how dare you even say that to me? Are you kidding me? Right? Look around you. How dare you? I right. How like, dare I created you? this. I created yeah. this. I came I'm from nothing. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think you're talking to? Are you kidding me? Right. I will Ego. take everything wow. from you. I will take all your happiness and love. Mm -hmm. I will take, you will live without me, the great almighty David Buster. <laughs> That's how I went to bed. Right. And I woke up almighty and thinking about how I was going to take all the money and the houses and cars and motorhomes and golf courses and ski mountains and everything that I had achieved to buy to impress people, the things I didn't need. And there, man, I was about to get divorced, you know, called my friend, a lawyer to figure out how we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I looked over in the closet, my life changed. I swear it was like, wow, the natural dude. It just shined on that, that jacket oh, I hadn't seen in years. And I just started to cry. I was sitting there, I still get choked up because I remember mm -hmm. just what a transition it was in my life that I remember telling myself in tears, you're just like your father. Mm -hmm. You are a liar a cheater, a manipulator, overseller, back-end seller. Man, you hate your father, you hate yourself. You right. hate yourself. You hate your dad for everything you hate about yourself. You better make a change. You better take stock in who you are and what you want to become. And so I'm a rare, a rare breed that bottomed out two years before I lost everything. I always tell people, mm. I was prepared, not financially yeah. for 2008, because I didn't make the right plans, because I still had some ego and I didn't ask for help. Mm. 
But here in 2020, I've never had more opportunity, more change, more ability to help people because I've lived the last 14 years of my life on a mission with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. That shift, life doesn't happen, you know, to you and, you know, to hurt you. I mean, you put yourself in that situation, you got to take accountability for yourself, take ownership. Like there's certain choices or decisions that led you to putting you in a situation. It's not no victim mentality bullshit, excuse my language. But when you're looking at that type of situation, those are the people are always going to hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, inspire people and lift people up. When you kind of looking at that, Jack, that's what you didn't want. You needed that. You needed to see like, I don't want that. I want this. I need to make this shift. And it's hard to make that shift, including myself. I mean, obviously not the, the level of success as in the financial side of losing it all, but I felt it back in January. And that's how we come, came in the line. And that's when I, your name kept popping up somehow. And there's a certain couple messages in there that really helped me. Three worlds, right? World of not enough that I was born into where I was a victim. Everything happens to you. There's a world of just enough where everything happens for you. And I had, you know, just enough for me. Then I moved to the world of more than enough. And this is an important world where I receive to give. I don't give to receive, no negotiation, no trade, no quid pro quo. Just simply, my goal is to receive as much abundance in the world of more than enough to come through me, not to me or for me, through me for others with appreciation. Appreciation has two components. One is gratitude, which you know is so essential. But even more than gratitude, appreciation means I'm going to add value to it, then give it away. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it myself. It's going to come through me. I can't give what I don't have. I'm going to add value with my capability, skills, knowledge, and desire, and give it all away, give my life all away for others, to others, so that they can receive as well and continue to grow. Just shining a light on everybody else. It's like, hey, you you can do it through me because I'm strong enough to deal with it. I'm strong enough to hand it to you. I'm strong enough to teach you what to do in those weak moments. Wes and I had a similar type of conversation when my shift came over to living an abundant lifestyle. That's a lifestyle. I'm like, there's enough water out there. There's enough air. We air we can breathe. They're taxing that stuff now. I'll just let you know. But <laughs> when you're looking at that type of situation, there's enough in there for everybody. There's enough success for everybody. I mean, there's enough fulfillment. I mean, just that's the whole point about experiencing joy. When we're kids, we experience joy, jumping in a water puddle, or those types of situations. That's what we're out the whole after in our adult life. If we're told no at the beginning of our life, you can't you can't experience joy. Or men don't show any weakness. You can't be vulnerable. Grew up in a generation we couldn't. You better lock it up. I mean, give you something to cry about. Those types of conditioning. I mean, Wes, talk a little bit on that with the the abundant lifestyle and what Dave is talking about. I think it's just a beautiful message for people to hear. Yeah, that's such a huge shift. I mean, it's such a mm-hmm. huge shift from, I mean, you, you had it all, you know, had it all quote unquote. Right. right. And being able to have all of that and then come to that realization is so powerful. I think one thing that would really help the listeners, because I'm sure there's somebody going through this right now that's hearing this and is, is resonating with it. When you're, you're at that point, I mean, you saw that, you know, that, that jacket, you are on the brink of divorce. What, I guess, what were the steps after that where you started to make that shift? What, were, what was the first step that you started to take? Well, for, for me, it was taking inventory of my values every day. And I use that as a key component. I think still today that everyone needs to take inventory of what's personally respond, you know, their values experientially, what they want to experience that day. They're giving values of what they want to give and they're receiving values, knowing their what, not just their why, but their what. And 
most importantly about taking inventory of your values every day is don't be afraid of being a hypocrite. You know, I was so afraid to admit to people that I don't know what I don't know, that I had learned lessons, that I had changed. I would have been terrified years and years ago to tell anyone I lost all my money. It would have been a huge ego hit to me. I would have rather stood on stage naked, than, and which would not be a pretty <laughs> sight, by the way, than tell people that I lost everything. Um, you know, and so it's amazing that if you just take inventory of those values, which leads to me saying thank you every day, praying to God for at least 10 people that I can help, all the different things that I have put into my habit machine in order to effectuate the compound interest of the positivity of what I want, not the compound interest of the degradation and the interference, the voids, the shortages, the obstacles of what I don't want. And so for me, a key component was every day I was going to take stock in who I was and right. what I wanted to become. And I'm not afraid of being a hypocrite. I'm not afraid of telling people I'm not the same guy, 2008, 2006, 1997, 1993. You can take a snapshot of Dave Meltzer when he's 18, tell everybody about that snapshot. And all I do is forgive myself because I've learned the lessons from that snapshot. Right. I don't judge or put conditions or attacks on other people uh, for when they were 18 years old, 28 years old, 38 years or 40. I know they're just snapshots. I'm looking to see what lessons have you learned and how, right. can, you help, how can you help me with those lessons so I don't have to pay the dummy tax. That's what we <laughs> Right. And there's a, there's a lot of dummy tax. I mean, the atomic bombs, I read that book um, years ago. Right. And then it talks a lot about, you know, voting for things in your life. I know that you've, I think you mentioned it somewhere in some type of content in the piece that I've seen. And it really resonated with me with just voting for the things that you want. Yeah. James Clear, atomic habits. Right. Vote yes. for what you want. You elect it in your life. Vote for what you don't want. You're going to elect mm -hmm. that in your life as well. Right. And it also goes into the three different types of energy. You know, I think the listeners can really, gets a, a huge impact from that because the people don't understand the types of energy. And I think that the way that you explain it is beautiful because people, they say, I, I'm getting it all the time. They go, Chris, you have a lot of energy. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, little, I'm always plugged in my power source though. Cause I get my power and my energy from other people because that's the fulfillment phase in my own mind and why I'm doing it justifying it with my own mind. But can you sprinkle a little bit more about your thoughts and your views on the three different types of energy? Yeah, so I assume you're talking about motivation, conversion, and inspiration. Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. I would just to make sure you weren't talking about conscious, subconscious. And no, 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 no. Deeper. All right, because they're, they're both interrelated. But yeah, yes. I think a lot of people get confused about motivation. In fact, one of the biggest questions I get asked, especially in the social media space, is how do you stay so motivated, man? Mm -hmm. I don't. It's physically impossible. Mo motivation is how you get up, how you get back up. Motivation is the Rudy and the Rocky. It's how you get started and how you get restarted. But what we need to focus in on is not just the jet fuel that needs to get us going because nothing happens till you move. Ask any of the great metaphysics, physics, or quantum physics geniuses that have existed far before Dave Meltzer. But you got to get moving. Where most people fall down is they have no conversion plan and no inspiration plan. So converting is that transition between taking the rocket fuel that can be, look, motivating factors can be extremely depreciating in energy. So for example, fear will motivate you. It will get you up, it'll get you back up, it'll get you started, it'll get you restarted, but it will drain you. It is a soul sucker. So what we have to do you know, is use that rocket fuel and then convert it into inspiration. So how do we do that? You gotta be a ferocious Buddha. And this is the key to my life. I am a practice, practicing ferocious Buddha, meaning number one, in order to convert, you need to identify when you're 
in ego-based consciousness. So in other words, you need to practice identifying, hey, Dave Meltzer, you got to need to be right. And this is causing interference, void shortages. It's accelerating you in the wrong direction a lot of times. Hey, Dave Meltzer, you got to need to be offended, need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, worried, guilty, all these different needs I've learned and listed to identify so that I can practice saying, whoa, 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 whoa. When you identify you got to need to be offended, stop. Yeah. And that's where the like, ferocious like danger, danger, danger. Exactly. Then the next step in conversion into the inspiration is drop, right? Know and trust the fact that you're connected to the greatest source of light, lessons, and love. And that our job is to create less interference, less corrosion between us and what we're connected to. So drop and breathe. Ask yourself, mm. why do I feel this way? Then you can move and be ferocious again by moving and rolling in the right trajectory. The analogy I use is when you're on fire, your mind, body, soul is on fire from ego-based consciousness. Stop, drop, and roll. Be a ferocious Buddha. Start with motivation. I don't care what motivates you, but take that catalytic event, convert it from right. stop, drop, and roll, being a ferocious Buddha into inspiration, which means not only am I connected to the greatest source of light, love, and lessons, I'm allowed to come through me with appreciation and give it all away to everything else that I'm connected to because we will have no interference on that side. Uh, if you have two minutes, I have my favorite story to talk about how subtle Please. this is to change your life. I, you guys know I have a, a strict routine and an adaptable routine. So I wake up every morning at four, meditate, 10 minutes to get ready and go to the gym. Saturday morning, wake up four, highest frequency. You know, I, I start my day with that baseline. I plateau and grow my life. I'm ready to go to the gym. All 4.30 in the morning, I step outside. My 17-year-old daughter's car is missing. I immediately go into ego-based consciousness. I grab yeah. my phone. I'm like ready to call and say, where the f are you? Yeah. Where's your effing car? That's when I realized, oh, I know this. This is ego. Right. <laughs> You're angry. I've You're seen angry. you before. Ah, yeah. Anger right. going to accelerate you in the wrong direction. No, 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 no. Stop. I start breathing. I stop dialing. I get to center and I say to myself, why am I so mad? And I realize I'm not mad. You know what? I'm afraid something has happened to one important people in my life. Somebody that I'm responsible for. When mm -hmm. I put myself in, I roll in the right trajectory, a loving trajectory to make sure that my daughter is okay, which is the real purpose mm -hmm. and objective for my phone call. Not to say F you, where are you and get mad. So I call up in the right mindset and I say, and she answers. I wake her, obviously. Mia, where, where are you? Right. Oh, I'm in my bed. Oh, where's your car? Oh, daddy, you told me when kids are drinking that I should not get in the car and I should move mm. you home. Oh, I am so proud of you and I'm so glad you're okay. I'm sorry for waking you, sweetheart. Oh, it's okay, daddy. I love you. I love you too. I hang up. Now, most people listen to this little story and they say, that's not so significant. Why Dave Meltzer so emphatic, the entrepreneur? How's this apply to my life? I'll tell you how it applies. Because if I would have called with the F-bombs and I would have called in mm -hmm. anger, she would have answered in anger and defensive. And I would say, where the F are you? I'm in my bed. Why are you waking me? Where the F is your car? It's at the grocery. Dad, you told me when kids are drinking, I could Uber home. Why are you yelling? At me? I'm telling you, I'm yelling at you. I'm going to take your car and take your phone. That's what I'm going to do. Right. F Just intensifies it. Yeah. Right. F you, Dad. Now, if that's not bad enough. Analogize this in parallel to everything else in your life, business, personal, et cetera. Because what happens next time kids are drinking? In my daughter's mind, she mm. says, I don't want to disappoint my dad. Right. I don't want to lose my car. I don't want to lose my phone. I'm going to jump in my car and drive home. 
And my whole life could change. Yep. Her whole life could change. Someone that we've never even met's life could change. All because of the ability to practice quieting and ending fear, the ability wow. to be a ferocious Buddha. And I see this one lesson, this one story, if we can extrapolate it to so many different parts of our lives, we can stop wasting energy, time, emotion, and resources. Right. We can stop separating ourselves into inferior and superiority, anger, frustration, anxiety, offense, especially now in compressed times of uncertainty and accelerated change. We can actually clear the connections by being ferocious Buddhas and stopping by identifying what puts us in this crazy accelerating wrong way emotion called ego and mm -hmm. drop down into truth so much there to dissect but if i can share something with you i know that you had three daughters correct yeah. and i became a father back in january for the first time i have a daughter what's her uh, birthday Wes has a january 8th oh i'm the 11th okay yeah 11th yeah memories in 111 right so um, Wes has a daughter and us as entrepreneurs as, as men we're training indirectly daughters on how they should be treated by, you know, obviously another man. And as us being, you know, entrepreneurs and being in a, I guess, in a blessed state and having the lives that we do have, what comes into your mind with that outlook of you trying to share with your daughters, like, listen, I was, I'm brave enough to go through this and rechanneling it and putting out the right thing and, and understanding where fear, you know, that fear and you peeling back the layers. I had, I struggled with the same thing of me being angry. I had to ask myself, what am I afraid of? And then I'm not angry anymore. Do you have deep conversations with your daughters about things like this? I do in varying levels uh, and at varying times. One thing I always remind myself about my three daughters and my son is that they come through me, not for me. Okay. So I'm trying to identify, you know, what is it that they want compared to what is it that I want for them? Right. They come through me, not for me. And so, you know, trying to meet them where they're at. Uh, we have very, very bad senses, especially as parents, very bad memories, especially as parents. And so when I'm looking for the superpowers in my kids and my wife, by the way, I get more of those superpowers. And I think a lot of times, especially with teenage girls, if you guys aren't there yet, uh, it's very uh, easy to start focusing in on what you don't want. Mm -hmm. uh, in a teenage girl and guess what you get when you focus in on what you don't want more you of what you don't want you don't want <laughs> yeah when you start doing the superpower thing right when i start focusing in on these superpowers that's when i start getting these extraordinary young women that live with me uh and it allows me to forgive myself uh when i don't connect and when i do put pressure on them and think that they're here for me not through right. me and Beautiful. Uh, so I, I have wonderful, one, one quick tip with family, and this changed my life. Spent, you know, I have an adaptable routine where I spend a minimum of an hour a day on my health, but I also spend a minimum of 30 minutes with my wife every day, minimum of 30 minutes with my 10 year old son. I don't laugh, but I spend a minimum of two minutes a day with the teenage girls every day, seven days a week, and a minimum of one minute with my mom, uh, specifically mm -hmm. every day, no zeroing effect. I believe two minutes a day with those teenagers are worth more than two hours on a Saturday uh, every day. And I think they appreciate it because they don't want to spend two hours when you're 21, 19, right. and 16 uh, with your 52-year-old dad, two hours on a Saturday. They'd rather spend two minutes. And there's only four things for the people that are most relative in your life that you need to make sure that those people know every day. Number one, that you're happy. Hmm. You need to make sure they know you're happy. Two, that you're healthy. Three, that you love them.
Mm. Four, that you appreciate them. That in other words, you're here to add value to their lives as they have added value to yours. Don't discount how much value those kids and your wife have added to your life. When we stop looking at that superpower, we automatically find shortages, voids, and obstacles. Trust me, one of the needs that can be filled easier than in any other need is the need to be offended. Nobody can offend us more than our wives and our kids. So if you have a need to be offended, man, I wish I could feed the world, feed the need for hunger, need for food as fast as I could feed my need for offense. You know, you walk outside, you got the need to be offended, you're going to be offended. Right. Find those superpowers. Look for your health, your happiness, your love and appreciation, how much value you're giving to others and how much value they bring to your life. Because people don't realize that, I mean, a lot of children or, you know, people, your loved ones, they spell love, you know, T-I-M-E time you're investing into yourself. Great. That's why so much stuff is going back into your life. Great things is because what you're putting out, projecting out in the universe. I think that's beautiful. There's one question I wanted to ask you, and I know that you mentioned your mom. I have a very close relationship with my mother as well, but my family's went through, you know, a lot of trauma. Like when I was growing up, my sister, you know, of course, she was handicapped and I have to find my competitive advantage on all the struggles within my own family. How much does that play into your defining your competitive advantage when you discovered that as your superpower? You know, for me, any time that I can clear away any type of corrosion, right? And so the people that are most relative to us, and that's where the word relative comes from, because I think we're all connected, we're all one. The differentiator that confuses us is that some people are more relative than others. Mm -hmm. And those that are closest and relative, what I pray for is the peace and happiness in that relationship. And so, you know, being able to have that minute a day with my mom, for example, to let her know has created all types of true uh, emotional connection between us. Uh, Where she used to have me prove, and you'll probably understand this because I imagine both of you have this. My mom would have me do ridiculous things to prove I love her. Right? I couldn't understand, why do I got to come down to put this sticker mm-hmm. on your license plate? Can't you yep. get my brother to put the sticker on the license plate? Yeah. Can't you do it yourself? <laughs> well, because right. she wanted, there, there, there was this need, this void, this shortage that had to be fulfilled. So once I realized and looked for the superpowers in those four basic facts and stayed in continual, persistent pursuit of a better relationship with those most relative, mostly by asking for peace, right? I want my relationships to be full of peace. Uh, which means there's no interference between not only me and the great source of light, love, and lessons, but peace also means that I've cleared away all of that interference, corrosion yep. between me and everybody else. And there, it's there. It's called baggage, right? Mm-hmm. If you have ever had any counseling, it's, it's baggage. And it, here's the sad thing. Not only is it relative to the people that you're born with, but, you know, it could be generational, handed down from your great-grandparents, grandparents. Yep. Parents, Indirectly, not even knowing it, yeah. Or like I believe in multiple lifetimes, it could be from a thousand lifetimes ago that I have this quantum (laughs) problem that the chain has not been broken. And I'm always looking through my habit machine to break the chain of habits or or repetitive um, patterns that I see. Mm -hmm. I want to break those and create compound interest in the areas or superpowers that I want, not the areas that I don't want. Man, before we talk about the Friday's training you've been doing for 20 years. And before we really dive into that, and I think it's so important and I think it's a beautiful thing that you do and you're doing it now you're expanding virtually. But before I get into that, just real quick, just to touch on what you said, 
rechanneling and getting yourself back to center, right? And you're looking at, okay, how do I just want peace? And I've been saying that for 5 a.m. I wake up, no alarm clock, no battery needed, nothing. And I go through, and that's my way of getting myself prepared for what I need to accomplish because my dedication to becoming 1% better each day has been my saving grace in life. That time means more than anything else in that day because that's where I'm going to get my superpower and putting myself in the right frame of mind and being able to serve that day because I don't do what I do to make money. I do what I do to change lives and they feel that for me. So the Friday's trainings and all the, the things that you're giving back and you're doing it virtually now, like talk to the listeners about why, I mean, is this pandemic made you shift to go to virtually? I mean, with that or expanding, you're doing it for a big, huge capacity yeah, so, now. You know, for 20 years, I've been doing free trainings on Friday for my company and then for the community. Right. And I always serve lunch, by the way, uh, which is, I always thought was the bug light. You know, between Warren Moon and free lunch, who doesn't want to come by and get a free training? Um, but when uh, the pandemic hit and we got sent home, uh, I was not a huge Zoom fan, I have to admit. I had some friends forcing me onto it. Uh, but boy, you know, when people started realizing that free training was by Zoom and they could invite friends without having to leave work in the middle of the day, because they're always at 11 a.m. Pacific, right? And Man, when people, East Coast, Korea, all over the world, you know, we'll get 15,000 registrations for Friday uh, training. And then the replays are on the podcast. You know, you'll get, you know, thousands and thousands of downloads. And what makes me so happy is that's my mission, right? I I had moved from sales training to life and business training. Uh, Mm -hmm. I call it the road to happiness, the road to revenue and happiness, uh, because I believe in making a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. I do believe, you know, I do everything to help others, but I believe like I started this, you know, with my relationship with money, the more that I have, the more bills I can pay of others. Um, right. I have everything that I need or I wouldn't be here. You know, mm-hmm. I've gone through it. I don't want anyone to think I don't want you to have what you want. You want a Ferrari, get the Ferrari, learn from it. Okay. I've, but I've been blessed. I've experienced buying pretty much everything I want to buy. Uh, now I want to buy for others so they can experience the same and I can give some of the basics as well to a lot of people that are in need. Right. And they feel that more than, you know, they feel that, I mean, we wouldn't have been connected in that type of level. And also, you know, just the people that we're meeting and, you know, like sometimes when you meet people that have done so well, I put myself in the type of situation where I, I expect to meet these people now, you know, I don't, just like, oh my gosh, hey, I'm meeting this person. Or I'm meeting this person. No, I expect to do it because I'm doing the work behind the scenes. Right. I'm putting I in the that. Work. I had that experience with uh, uh, Cameron Diaz, right? It, right. Like, I, I just, it was an expectation, but I got on with her on the Zoom and she was the first one on. And we just had a conversation like mm-hmm. Wes, you know, Chris and I, we had, and I forgot for a second, like this was a, anyone of significance because <laughs> it was like talking to my sister, you know, and, mm-hmm. and she carries an energy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, people know that you may not know that Look, my frequency I know. And when I started attracting the wrong things in my life, right. And, right. People that aren't like you and Wes, then I'll start, making some changes, mm-hmm. you know, the indicators telling me I got a lesson to learn. It, it happens, mental, physical, spiritual, mm-hmm. emotional. Only difference that I have now is that I'm getting back to center my higher frequency faster, right? Every day I have a need of the ego that is there. Every day I'm afraid. Itch. Every, like itch. every day I make a mistake. And the only difference is it used to take me years to learn a lesson, then months, then weeks, then days, then hours, then minutes. Now my goal is always moments. Can I learn these 
can I get back to center? Can I learn the lesson in moments? Can I stop, drop, and roll? Can I create more efficiencies? Can I really harness the power that I've been given that I'm always connected to? Beautiful. The one thing that I took away from this the most is when you're starting to get becoming unaligned to stop, drop, and roll pretty much and getting yeah. yourself back center. Ferocious I mean, Buddha, man. I when love I that. The, when I, I launch the Ferocious that. Buddha line, I'll get you a, a hoodie. Yeah, I get I man. It. I love that because it's true. I mean, the more that you didn't catch yourself yet, it's like you check yourself before you wreck everything around you. And <laughs> yeah. you will wreck everything around you. <laughs> you accelerate so far in the wrong direction. You're like, right. how the hell I get in Mexico? I'm supposed to be in Maine. What the it's hell? Like, well, while I'm here, I might as well get a tequila. You know, like, whatever. <laughs> might as well. I mean, Wes, like, what would you like to add to this powerful episode? I mean, th thank you, Dave, so much for sharing what you, you share with our listeners and, and anything that, you know, you'll like this and I know this and you'll get what I'm trying to say. I mean, anything I can do to be at your service as well. I mean, anything that pops in your mind. I mean, I'm right. You know, training, well, man. Friends, family, right, yep. it's you, right. you get that link out there to everyone is free. If it's right. free, it's me and it's everyone else. So let's do That's it. That's beautiful. For Wes, I mean, it's high. put a bow in this yeah. for listeners. I think, you know, I have just one, one last question for you, David. And I have a, I'll say, you know, your number one piece of advice just so we can, I know we got to make it a little short mm -hmm. here, but there's a lot of fathers that watch. Uh, or that listen in and, and watch, um, you know, the show and all of us here being fathers. And, and as we know, one thing that you struggled with that you mentioned is that you, you know, you had a need to please people. And for us as fathers, I feel like we carry a lot of weight in our daughters and our, and our sons, um, you know, in determining if they end up needing having that same need or not. And we have a direct influence over that. And so I guess for all the fathers and, and, you know, and for us here, what would be the number one piece of advice you would give to ensure that your kids don't end up having that same issue? You know, it's really simple in my mind. I was saying, be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. You know, as much as you talked about people are watching us, your kids may not ever listen to you. They, they may not ever do one thing you ask them to do, but they're watching you and you're planting seeds under trees that you may never sit under. And if you are kind and you do good deeds, these kids, they cannot help it. The seeds will be planted. They'll give credit to somebody else. They'll come home from college, trust me. They come home from college, they sit in my back seat and be like, dad, I have this professor, he's so smart. You know, he's telling me to be a student in my calendar and look at things with the lens of productivity, accessibility and gratitude, he's a genius. And I'm thinking, I've seen that. But I know who watered it. That's fine with me. I don't need anything other than to know that you come through me and with kindness and with an attitude of doing good deeds. Like if everybody just would be kind and look for good deeds to do, picking up trash, putting the carts back, helping somebody else. What it, I am telling you, the abundance would flow as a collective consciousness into such an extraordinary way that nobody would be without. We all have what we need or we wouldn't be here. We just have to have those lenses of appreciation to be kind do good deeds and these kids will pick up on it. I appreciate both of you, man. I got to get to my next interview. Yes, I will come Friday trainings, David at dmelzer.com, 949-298-2905. Anything I can do, I'm of service. Thanks, Be, Chris. be well, be safe.